Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent, with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos gustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E os estados, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasic, with you always, every Tuesday night, this week, on Monday nights, Dave. <laughs> Throw a, cr- a curveball. Well, if uh, you're, you're in Portugal, it's Tuesday morning, right? So it depends on what time you're listening. <laughs> this could be a Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the reason why we're, we're coming to you a little bit earlier or a day earlier is because uh, I'll be traveling tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night so i won't be around to do a podcast so here we are tonight no chris chris is still not feeling too well but we got dave dave what's happening my brother uh nothing much you know positive after this past weekend's result we can't come in here and be in uh, negative so it's all positive and hopefully uh we we're just positive we got what three matches to go here we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not the light that was being flashed at uh, Vieta's room back in the day. So things are looking up and up here for Benfica with uh, three games to go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, joining us tonight, uh, you've known him. He's been on our podcast uh, for for a couple times, right, Tiago? Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, probably this is probably like my fifth or sixth time on here. Yeah, yeah. Tiago, who is a huge Benficaista here from New Jersey, also. Uh, you probably have seen him on, on Twitter. I've had some exchanges with him. What's happening, my brother? Oh, you know, just uh, excited about what I saw this uh, past week, and hopefully they could uh, take this momentum and uh, ride with it to the last three games, hopefully three games, three victories, and seal this uh, 38 up and start getting ready for 39. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll get into it. It was uh, it was a difficult game. There's, I think that uh, you have hard problems. That was a, That was a tough one. Uh, but I wanted to uh, say hello to all the Freddies who have joined us. Chico Marcelino was first on the chat. Uh, Sneaker Shouts, uh, Justin Aragon, Nuno M, Diogo Reis, Manny Valadon. Uh, yeah, and Diogo Reis is saying 938 start. That's a beautiful thing. When Chris is not here, because he takes some time in a, in, in, a, in a makeup chair, when Chris is not here, uh, you know, we, we, could, we could get here on time. 
Uh, let us know how the sound is and the video from from what I could gather is is pretty good. But uh, you're the one that's uh, you guys are the ones that are listening. So let us know, chat. Uh, but here we are, episode 485. Um, on tap tonight, we will be recapping the big game at Stadio Luz against uh, Sporting de Braga this past weekend, this past Saturday, uh, and we'll be looking uh, forward to um, the Portumonense game, <laughs> Porto B, as you want to call it, uh, which comes up this Saturday also. Um, so let's uh, let's get started into... Um, I was going to wait for, for people to come in, but, you know, whatever. Uh, if you want to join... I know that today is a, is a little... Is off the schedule and probably people haven't planned this out, but, uh, you know, you, you listen on the audio or you could watch uh, the video replay. Uh, so let's get right into Braga. Vlacodimus was in goal, Auschnes, Silva, Otamendi and Grimaldo across the back, Neves and Chiquinho in the middle, João Mário, Neres on the, on the wings, Rafa underneath Ramos. Uh, so we thought that Ba was going to start. Uh, and apparently he re-aggravated or re- he re- got re-injured. So he didn't even make the bench. He was on the bench against um, against the team we played before this. Ooh, I forget who it was now. Uh, Sturil? Was it? Gilles. Gilles Vicente. Gilles Vicente. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he wasn't available. So it was Auschwitz again um, on the right. And really a, a little bit of tidbit of, of trivia with this game, Otamendi has equaled the number of games uh, that he played for Porto uh, that he's now played for Benfica. So uh, for a lot of those guys, and I know, look, it's been, uh, Otamendi's been, uh, he divided the uh, opinions in the, in the beginning, but I think he, he slowly became one of the leaders. And I think that there's a lot of people that don't even want him to go anywhere on a, on a end of season that may bring either contract negotiations or he may uh, walk, but certainly a rock for us. And the fact that now he's played more games for Benfica than he has for Porto, uh, maybe that sways some of those people. So, but um, yeah, let's let's get into the game. Benfica came right out to play, man. And I think that they, uh, there, were, there was a... There was a composite of things, a, a juncture of things or joining of things that came together. Uh, first of all, I, I think that this season is probably the liveliest I've heard the stadium in terms of support, in terms of chanting. And this was like from the beginning to the end. Uh, and Thiago coupled with the, the team coming out and going right at Braga, uh, it really left a, a, a game or a feeling that the game was was going to go our way this time. Yeah, I think I think Befica, <clears throat> like the first 20 minutes, were holding on to 70% possession of the ball. And I think with Befica, you could tell within the first 15 minutes what Befica team showed up. Befica, I think, has two squads right now. It's the team that sits back and waits to see what the game brings. And it's the other team that we saw this this weekend is the team that takes the game to the to the opposition, controls the midfield, does not let the the, oppo- the opposing team push out. And they literally held Braga in within their own midfield for the first 20 minutes of the game. And yeah. um, it, it's just, that's the team we need to see. And, and I just yeah. don't understand why we don't see that more often that, that, that Schmidt pressing. 
Yeah, and and Dave, do you feel that Roger Schmidt prepared this game a lot better, or do you think that the team really felt what needed to come out on the field? I I mean, we've said this in podcasts before. This is one of those type of games that you don't need a, you shouldn't need a coach to get you motivated and up for these types of games. We were talking about this that this was going to be the game of the the season, right? If Benfica loses this game or drops points. That you can you can put a pin in the uh, the season, right? So, um, whether or not Roger prepared prepared this team for this this match, um, I think ultimately, if if you're not motivated and ready to come out and give it 110, percent then you shouldn't be playing one for for this team or shouldn't be uh, professional in general. But um, yeah, the team definitely came out to to play, and I, I like how you gave a shout out to the uh, the supporters too because um, they've they've been criticized in the past, but this year you can't put it on uh, on the supporters and the people making the uh, the trip uh, out to uh, to watch the club. So good on the uh, the supporters, uh, yeah. and and I think we're we're still missing that that finishing touch uh, yeah um the setup plays are, are there it's something's something's up with with ramos i don't know if anything's coming out uh, in terms of injuries but something's missing um there in terms of finishing touches uh from from ramos and from a majority uh, of other players on this team too yeah i put benfica 2-0 but it's, it was actually 1-0 <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, look, uh, it, it's like you guys have, have, have mentioned. I think that when you see the first 15 minutes and the way the team is playing, the intensity, uh, just the motivation, just the drive, I think that it really gives you a good feeling. Um, as compared to the first game when we played at the Pedreira, where basically Braga was the, were the ones that did what we did to them, with the exception that they scored more goals. But I think that right off the bat, I think that Benfica was right on top of Braga, uh, suffocating. Every time that, that Braga cleared the ball from their box or whatever it was, it seemed that there was a Benfica player collecting the ball and Benfica would go forward. But yeah, I, 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 I agree. Uh, in terms of a lot of the final third decisions or even that final ball or that, that shot, uh, it, Benfica needs to do a lot better. Uh, and I think a lot has to do with um, with Gonzalo Ramos, which has hit a bad patch of of form. Uh, Tiago, at this point, what do you, what are you thinking at Tiago uh, at uh, Gonzalo Ramos? Because we have mentioned here that maybe Musa deserves a little bit of a play. Well, here's here's um, we got to think back to the beginning of the season, all the Champions League qualifiers, and then it's been a long season for these guys. Gonzalo Ramos played for Portugal at the World Cup. Um, I mean, he's literally been playing nonstop since the beginning of the season. He's young. He should have the stamina. Um, but I mean, everybody's human. You could see this team is 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 getting starting to get a little tired towards the end of the season. Um, yeah. But the one thing I, I I can tell you about Gonzalo Ramos, even though he's not scoring, he still fits into that Schmidt 
game tactic, which is he'll come back, pressure, help the midfield. And I don't think Musa gives Benfica that much as, as far as that tactical aspect. I think Gonzalo Ramos, the only reason he still has the job over Musa is because he fits into the kind of striker Schmidt needs for this tactic and pressing scheme to work. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But at, at some point, you got to be able to bring the goals, man. Uh, because, uh, you know, Jomari's not scoring. Rafa certainly scored one, but he hadn't scored one since October, Dave, was it, back then? Well, he uh, scored certainly... a couple in the Champions League, and then uh, he scored, yeah, last one was October against Shav, so he was on a, a rut there, too. Yeah, but, you know, the goals need to come from somewhere, and, and if, if those are the guys that have been our goal scorers all season... And João Mario and and Ramos have been going back and forth in terms of who leads the that uh, that table. Um, if they're not scoring, the goals need to come from somewhere. Uh, Neres hasn't really scored a ton of goals, but I I think that Neres is a lot more of a creator than he is of a of a goal scorer, and that's that's the role that uh, that we want from from Neres. But certainly, you know. Uh, I think that we could have gone into the locker room at halftime ahead. Uh, we certainly did a lot more to to warrant that. But I'm looking at the uh, at, at the stats here at the halftime. 12 shots for Benfica. Only one of those shots were on goal. Uh, 25 actions in the opponent's box. Uh, 83% of uh, pass efficiency and uh, 62% of uh, vertical pass efficiency. Five defensive actions in the opponent's midfield and 66% of uh, of possession. And certainly, as we're looking at this first half, Dave, uh, Benfica had a lot of the ball. What what were your thoughts in, in terms at the half? Did you did you think that we were going to continue to scru- struggle for a goal, or did you feel that the goal would eventually come? I thought the goal was was coming because Braga really didn't show much on the uh, the other um and in terms of creating a chance i'm trying to think back to that game they may have had one uh one opportunity or one cross uh, that uh into the box that caused us uh, a little bit of uh troubles there but other than that it was uh all benfica and we just lacked that that finishing touch uh there but there the chances were there so it's not like Braca was uh was stopping any uh any yeah. chances from being created so i felt uh confident uh going into yeah and, and on the other side i mean if you look in contrast on the other side braga had, had one shot and it wasn't even on on goal uh three actions in our in our box and uh 34 percent of possession, so it, it was a, a Benfica that really reduced Braga to uh, an an insignificant team. Uh, I thought that we played very well, but uh, again, uh, that lacking that goal, man, kind of leaves you in a in a little bit of a pickle, especially when you have this anxiety and this pressure uh, and this anticipation that you need to win this game, and then you get into the second half, and all of a sudden, the clock is against you. The time is ticking down. The clock is against you. But look, I think that uh, we we played the the second half. We came out again. Um, Ramos had a, a a wide open shot, and I think I might <laughs> I, <laughs> I I I lost my shit. 
<laughs> I lost my shit on that one because you could you could see the play happening like almost in slow motion. Uh, I uh, Neres, I think it was Neres. What Neres went to the line, crosses it back, and Ramos is running onto the ball. And I think he really did the most difficult thing was to miss the goal. And I lo- I swear to God, I lost my shit here at home. <laughs> Yago, <laughs> what, what did seeing that man? I I don't know, man. But things were flying for sure. Uh, the, the, that was right at the sixty first minute. I'm thinking like a goal right now would would would. Yeah set the tone of the game perfectly and then when he does that i'm just you know it's 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 the one thing Befica really doesn't have and and another thing also why this team is struggling right now is because if we look at the depth of this team this team is not that deep we don't we don't have much depth we had draxler who really didn't do much got hurt we got gonzal uh gonzal gedge came in ended up getting hurt so this team is very limited with with the amount of good players they have on the bench. So it's like that's why these these and then Roger Schmidt is not known for rotating the team much either. So that's it. Just every, there's I think there's a, a, a number of contributing factors as to why the team just looks like not themselves from the beginning of the year, but. They, Gonzalo Ramos has to bury those. Those are those are give me's. Those are freebies. You should be like, I'm not gonna lie. The 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 pass that Neres put to Rafa was like a pinpoint precise pass. And when he breaks away, I'm like, he's gonna he's gonna miss it. He's gonna miss it. He's good. And but that's the thing that did he score it or did the goalie play that bad? Because that looked like such an like an easy save for the goalie. It's like no, no, no. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the one he totally missed. He yes, Ramos, Ramos. Yeah, yeah. In the 61st minute, but right. I, I was saying about on, Rafa. Yeah. yeah, when Rafa goes away, I get oh. to on that breakaway oh, for the goal. the goal. Yeah, it's just like I'm thinking he's gonna miss this. He's gonna miss this. It's it's it, because <laughs> you could almost see the nervousness on his yeah. face. Like anyway, <laughs> when yeah, Rafa but, has too much time to think, things usually much, don't yes, go, yes, go right. He had way too much time on that. Too much time. I and, it and scares look, me. I, I, it scares me. That, <laughs> just, just that that whole Ramos thing. Everything was in slow motion, and it was like perfect. And it was one of those passes that it's half a goal. That all you really have to do is tap it in, yep. really. Uh, and I know you, he was, he was. He was definitely like in between the the penalty spot and the six, or maybe at the oh, penalty yeah. spot. Yeah, he was he was right call. he was right by the penalty and spot. And he completely missed it. Yeah. And then um, six minutes later, in the sixty seventh minute, with that beautiful beautiful pass by by Neres, and you're right, Dave. I got up off my couch and was like, "Come on, come on!" And if he would have missed that, I I don't know, man. But Shit. that was stuff. And even like, if you guys watch the replay, the shot. Is even like odd the way he takes the yep. shot, the way he executes that shot was very odd because it's almost like he's he scoops the ball. Yeah. He doesn't hit it flat. No. It doesn't drive the ball. He like scoops the ball. And and look, maybe that's his thing. Maybe he wanted to get it. He didn't want to get it on the ground. He didn't want to get it between the hand and, and the outstretched foot. I get that. But even the shot, man, and one that went in, man, oh, it was uh, I was I was extremely uh, relieved uh, to see uh, Rafa because how many times have we seen Rafa either uh, hit that over the goalie or have the goalies like kick save it they can't finish it um, 
and it was one of those moments that I really felt uh, relieved uh, that Benfica had scored because I think that up until that point, Benfica had been the best team, uh, and I just thought that we we weren't creating that many chances, and the ones we were creating, we weren't putting away, and this was just another one, Dave. Yeah, for sure. Um, you you were talking about the amount of times that we've seen Rafa make that same play and, and not not score a goal. I think like fast forward t- five, 10 minutes and he almost has the same situation. That's where one that he puts it over the bar instead of uh, mm-hmm. scoring where he's one-on-one with the keeper. But luckily for, for us and, and for Rafa, he gets the, uh, the goal on that play. And uh, I'm uh, with you. I was ecstatic after uh, that goal because I, I was with like Tiago. I didn't think he was going to be able to pull it off. Uh, I think I've been, one uh, to rag on uh, Rafa here these last couple of weeks, and uh, boy, I'm glad, sure, glad he pulled, uh, proved me wrong uh, this time around. Yeah, look, I think there was, I think it was a collective sigh of uh, relief, uh, and Thiago certainly, you saw that hit, that hit in the back of the net. I think we that there's a shot, um, that is a shot from behind Benfica's goal, and he scores. And Antonio Silva goes down on his yep, knees praying. with the head on the grass. Yep. And I think there was there was the entire Benfica nation, with the exception of the people that were at the stadium, that basically had that feeling go over them. Like, fuck. Thank God. That I mean, you it, it just goes to it, it this team, the how united this team is yeah. goes to show you right after he scored the goal, like the bench cleared. Like this, yeah. it's it. The, the coaching staff, everybody ran out to the field and 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 celebrated with him. It's like because if you look at this game, if you show somebody who knows the game and you show the final stats and and you don't tell them the final result and you say, look at these stats. What do you think the re- end score was? They would say three nothing, two nothing, three nothing. You know, and it, it just it Benfica's that one nothing. It just goes to 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 speak for the way that that Befica has been finalizing the games lately. It's just they they're struggling right now to to score goals, and it it, it shouldn't shouldn't happen this late in the season. Yeah, yeah, but look, even that Ramuz miss just speaks to the 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 poor form that he's in because usually he buries those all day. Yeah, with his eyes closed, but it just speaks about you know the moment of form that he's that he's going through. Hopefully, Benfica could clinch this championship without needing Ramos to score that uh, all-too-important goal that we need. Uh, but look, it was it was it was tricky. And then at the end, when Braga want, wanted to finally play, that one header that the guy lets the ball hit his head and it goes over the crossbar. Oof. And That's I was all thinking, set up by, by Bruma there, though. Bruma in the yeah. second half. And Bruma, Bruma was, I think that when you look at this Sporting Braga team, you got to look <laughs> at Bruma as being the, the one shining spot for them. Uh, no Musrati. Musrati didn't make uh, the, the roster coming down to Lisbon. Obviously, hurt, so he couldn't play. So that was a big miss for them. But they were just dominated uh, all, all game long. Uh, I don't understand the words of the Braga coach at the end of the game saying that uh, that they, they played eye-to-eye with Benfica or they played whatever with Benfica, and they really didn't. They were just dominated. <laughs> they were dominated 
And I think that when you listen to a guy like that, I, I lose respect for guys that really can't see the game for what it is. And it's almost like they got this agenda what, that they have to protect and these things that they have to say in order to please a higher power. But Braga, not at any point was Braga uh, that dominant over Benfica. That was those, those last minutes of, of the second half in which Braga came out and finally decided to play. And, and, but really, uh, I mean, looking at these stats, they finished with five shots, none of them on goal. Um, 42% of possession against Benfica, who had 20 shots, th three of them on goal. Even that is, is a very low number for that many shots. 42 uh, actions in the opponent's half, 58%, uh, 80% of pass efficiency. I mean, uh, Benfica just dominated uh, up and down uh, this whole game, Braga, and really showed why we're the top team in the league. And I'm glad we were able to finally beat Braga and really get this out of the way. And Tiago, I had mentioned that this game was extremely important because it allows us to have a little bit of a cushion. And look, granted, you still need to win the games that uh, that you have to play. You got Portimonense, you still got Santa Clara, you got Sporting. But my whole thing is that allowing us to go into Alvalade with a four-point cushion. Admit, uh, admittedly, we still have to beat Portimonense, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Certainly leaves you in a better position. It does. I, I don't think anything's won by any stretch of the imagination because this is. They asked Roger Schmidt um, if at the end of the game in the in the in the post-game conference if he felt like he had one hand on the on the championship already, and he goes, "No, nothing's won." And I totally agree with him. Nothing is won. Uh, we've seen some crazy stuff happen in this league, um, and it's not out of the realm of possibility yet until we clinch the championship there's always a chance for us to lose it so we need to we need to play hard this weekend we need to play hard next weekend and hopefully within the next two games we need two games to win so hopefully we lock it in it would be amazing to go to our neighbors and 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 lock in the championship you know in their house and uh celebrate in their house for a change instead of having people celebrate championships in our house. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be, it'll be a nice change of pace, but I don't think anything's won. Um, am I confident? Uh, probably I would say 80%, you know, 80% confident with this team, but that's the thing. Like Porto is, is, is not going to be a, a cakewalk and neither is Sporting. So it's like, it depends on which team shows up. Is it the same team that played Braga or is it a team that played Shavs? That's that's yeah. what we need to we need to to hope is that it's the for the next three games the team that played Braga comes out to play every game. No, I I agree with you, uh, and if you guys saw the, in the beginning um, of our of our podcast, and and I'll put it back. the The title is "We Missed You," which is which is true. I mean, Dave, this is probably a Benfica that we haven't seen in months, right? Yeah, since. The, before the international break and even still then um it's still not a finished product right they're still they're still wanting us uh or they're still leaving us more or wanting us to see more from this team just because of the lack of of finishing but it's been baby steps ever since that that collapse right ever since yeah. the the Porto Shavs inter 
results. It, and it's had to be uh, baby steps to get us to this point and three games to go. And at least it's a step in the right, dir- right direction. And it's not that the team is regressing. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think we can't get too ahead of ourselves and, and just put our focus to to sporting because we're going to preview our, our game this weekend. And I think it's a classic uh, trap game here. And especially with all the ties that uh, Porto has to this, uh, this clean, this team down South, it's got, um, it's, there's going to be some fishiness here to it. So the same intensity that was brought uh, against Braga has to be shown here the last uh, three weeks of, of the season and uh, no excuses uh, not to bring it because the, the season is done uh, in less than a month. You don't have games every three, four games. So it should be uh, fresh legs and give it all. Uh, give it all. Yeah. Before we move on, can we talk about Joan Evs? Oh, that kid's um, kid spectacular. Look, look um, I think that, you know, let, let me just say that I think we were all surprised when we saw uh, João Neves make this squad, right? And the reason for that is because he wasn't even a starter for the B team. Uh, but we all know what kind of a season the B team is is having. Not a very good one. But certainly, he makes the squad. Then we see him feature two minutes here. And in two minutes, is maybe he gets one, two touches, right? Three minutes here. Then he starts getting a little bit more minutes. 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there. But look, we saw him against um we saw him against Gilles. Uh we saw him the the game before that. That I forget who was it against now, Dave. But if you could remind Sturil, me. I think. Sturil. Yeah. yeah, Sturil, Gilles. And look, yeah, it's nice, you know, nice uh nice player. Uh works. Has nice feet, knows how to launch a pass, drives a pass. Not he doesn't hang a pass like Chiquinho. He's a guy that on the defensive side of the ball, he's very pesky, chases people. He's not a very physical guy, but he's a guy that holds his own. Um, I was I was very very surprised with the amount of of head ball duels that he won against this Braga team in the midfield, going up for head balls and winning those head balls. A kid that. You know, it's not. It can't be too tall. I don't know what his what his what his size is, but he's not too tall. But he kept winning balls, and then just to have the awareness of winning balls and knowing where the next pass is going to be, or make a sprint to cover a guy to cover Bruma or whatever it was. Uh, look, I I just thought that the kid was phenomenal, uh, and I think that we are in the presence of uh, of another star. What do you think, Tiago? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's um, he's like you said. He's very pesky. He chases he chases balls down, and um, there was a couple of plays like he he doesn't give up. There was a couple of plays right on the on the sideline where he's fight. Uh, I remember one in 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 particular where he's fighting Ricardo Huerta, and Ricardo Huerta's trying to get the ball away from him, like trying to get around him, and he knocks the ball off Ricardo Huerta's leg for, for a Benfica throw-in. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. it's that. It's that right there. It's it's that. that. And if you if you notice, Antonio Silva has the same garra. It's like it's like that, that, that those kids who came from the Formosão and came up through the Benfica ranks, that they give 
150% every time they touch the ball, every time yeah. they, they know because it, it, Befica does such a good job at, at the younger age to teach these kids that, listen, you go in there and you fight for this jersey, you fight for this team until you have nothing left to give you. Yeah. And you can see most the kids who make it are the ones who do that because, I mean, we've had other kids from the, from the song, uh who come up and, and, you know, you, 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 you could see it, you can see it in the man, eh, you know, he's good, but he doesn't have that, that, that garra. And now you see like Antonio yeah. Silva come in and he's just, you know, he's remember the game where, uh, what was it against, uh, what was Juventus where <laughs> he put the finger, yeah, the finger and, and who was it? Chiellini's face. Chiellini, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's hard, dude. That's like, you know, like, yeah. like that's not, that's, it's like, listen, we're Benfica. We don't care who you are. We're Benfica, and that's it. And that's how these kids from the Fruma Sound come up. And and the ones that you could that you see that from are the ones that are successful. Yeah. So th- there's, a, and I was just thinking about that as you were mentioning that, right? Because both kids are of the same age. We're talking about Silva yep. and, uh, and 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 John Snow, like I like to call him, John Snows. Um, so it, it could be. Two things, right? Uh, it could be that these kids were grew up watching those JJ teams, the whole Compressor team. Uh, just a lot of heart in those teams, a lot of Benfiquismos in those teams. So I think that's that served as inspiration as you're growing up. This is the Benfica that you're growing up to, and you're inspired by by this Benfica who has been able to string a few championships together, or there's a culture. There's a very unique culture that's being created as, at the Seychelles that all these kids buy into. But not every kid is going to have the intensity, the aggressiveness, perhaps that motivation, that gara, that benfiquismo. But these two kids, these two kids are kids that embody that Benfica spirit of never giving up and club above all. And each one of them, whenever they have, they speak to the media, is the discourse is always with that intent. Club above all. I'm, I'm here to serve Benfica and not Benfica to serve me. And I think it's extremely important that the kids that are being brought up to the Seychelles, and look, like I'm saying, this could be a, a, a culture thing or it could just be a thing that's in within the personality of these kids that they have chosen to live this culture as Benficistas and as players that play for Benfica. So it could be one of those two things. But I think watching those Benfica teams during the JJ, area, JJ era provided a lot of inspiration for these kids, right? Uh, but I do, I do think that there's a, a culture, a Benfica culture within the Seychelles that's there for kids to pick up. Some kids pick it up. Some kids choose other things, right? And I think these two kids are, are perfect when it comes to that sentiment. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think, Tiago? No, I agree. I mean, you you could look at a perfect example. Uh, what was it? Diego, Diego Moreira? Yep. He was he was one of the kids that was brought yeah. up also and you could see in him he he's not a he doesn't look to be a team player he doesn't look like he has that 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 garra and Schmidt sees it you know what i mean like he's 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 a seasoned vet he he could see who who has that that garra and who doesn't 
And when you sit there and you, you watch, you watch, uh, you watch Silva, Antonio Silva, you know, pretty much shush one of the, one of the, the most famous uh, Italian players of all time. And he goes up to him and he's like, no, you're not going to disrespect my team or my teammate exactly. that, that sets precedent to, to with all these kids see. All these kids yeah. see that and they're like, wow, you know, if this guy is doing it, I could I could be the next one to do it. Yeah. Dave, what do you what do you think, man? You think it's a culture, you think it's a personality, you think it's uh, an inspiration as you grow up? Because look, you get more inspired by a team that wins than a team that loses, right? Uh, and a lot of kids probably became fans of Man City because Man City was winning or Liverpool or whatever. But these kids grew up seeing the JJ team, seeing especially those first couple years of JJ teams that what Befica was just unstoppable. What what do you think? Is it just the personality? There's the JJ factor too, but a lot of these guys have been coming up and being winners as a as a group and as a as a class per se, right? We had the the team that won the super the youth league uh last year and before that I believe they made the finals the year before that one or if it, if it wasn't that year it was the year prior so when winning at different youth levels just breeds a culture of winning right so you can't expect them to learn how to win if they haven't been winning uh, along the way in their in their youth careers right so winning breeds confidence winning breeds that that mentality so that when you do make it and you are given the opportunity to play at the the senior side uh, it's not just a flick of the switch where okay now now we got to go and win. No, you got to be winning at every stage of um, of your youth career. So um, I think JJ is the what how JJ and those teams play a role is maybe getting the kids through the door and and getting them to believe yeah. in in the project. But along the way, they still have to contribute to the project and they have to uh, show that mentality to win and bring it each and every day. Um, and, and we're seeing that now with this last, uh, this latest batch of, uh, kids here. Yeah. Let me, let me read some comments here on Joan Neves, because I think that there's a lot of good comments here in the chat. Diogo Reis uh, said, uh, Joan Neves was my man of the match. I, he was for me too. Uh, and I know that Rafa scored the goal and, and look, when you, you beat Braga by one, nothing, and it's that important of the game, maybe the goal scorer does deserve that MVP. But for me, he was a, he was an absolute monster. Manny Villadon says, John Snow on fire. Um, uh, Diogo Reyes says he was coming back from a broken leg is why he wasn't on a B team. Good, fair enough. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, Brun Gil Rodriguez says, how lucky are we? Two big finds from the Formação, Antonio and, and, and Juan Eves. Um, and then Diogo said, I said it before, but he reminds me of a young João Moutinho. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I, I'm starting to see that comparison uh, more often with João Moutinho uh, because of the style. Even like the, the gait, their gait, the way they move, the way they run is very, is very similar. Uh, Kevin saying smart with the ball, doesn't waste it. Love that in a young player. Yeah. Cristiano Liborio, he levou porrada o jogo todo, mas também deu. Timo, João Neves, Ariel wins is the most impressive. Uh, Kevin, the smallest guy, wins a lot of aerial bo uh, battles. Go figure. Yeah, look, it's. I think it's all about desire. Uh, Timo says all about position, positioning and using uh, your body 
to box the opponent out, same as rebounds in basketball. Yeah. Um, Kevin says, Silva and Neves have an attitude that I like from our academy youth. Wish more would show the same. Look, he can't have them all because it's all different personalities. Uh, those youth uh, Champions League uh, finals losses fired up this generation, maybe. Uh, same could be said about uh, Ramos and Florentino. Yeah, they, they hustle. They're guys that, that feel the club. Um, Carlos Amaro says play, plays bigger than he is. Uh, then Kevin says, yeah, I thought this, I found this interesting. I don't know how accurate it is. My buddy told me that, uh, that he read Neves wears his kit in his shorts. Uh, his dad told not to, told him not to respect Benfica and wear the kit properly. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but certainly Aymar was one of the, uh, idols of Jean Neves growing up. And Aymar was a guy that always, uh, wore the Jersey in his shorts um let's see what else uh many Valadão. yeah it, this is a great point by many Valadão. never uh never at the modalidades game cheering on benfica is proof of living and believing in the culture yeah i mean we we've seen joan Neves do that um Pe pedro aresta the way that Neves tucks his shirt into his shorts says it all old school mentality with the never say die attitude that's what we need from this yeah a hundred percent Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Pedro has to give the kid the ten shirt. Come on, man, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Paul Rezende Moreira just wants money. He cried about not getting opportunities. So what does he do? He starts negotiating with PSG, then ends up signing with Chelsea. He couldn't get chances at Benfica, but but he will at Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, SLBEES, the the Rui Vitoria teams too. Those winning, those were winning, and the academy players. Uh, uh, unlike JJ. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that when Rui Vittori came along and um, and started tapping into the academy, that set the that set a precedent for a lot of the kids that were going into the academy. I don't know if you guys remember one of the JJ's famous um, famous phrases where uh, a player to play for Benfica has to be born 10 times or something like that or or, or maybe he was trying to say like it's a player, one player in a in a generation that can make a Benfica team. Uh, so I think that was a bit discouraging for a lot of the kids that were coming up and they were playing for Benfica. And with the Rui Vitória and subsequent coaches, with Lage coming, with Lage introduced uh, Florentino, introduced a bunch of other young players into the team. I think that kids now felt encouraged to give it their all and understand that perhaps there is a future past the junior team or past the the B team. So look, I I'm 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 very happy for for Silver, for Neves, all the other youngsters that that get to wear a Benfica jersey and that are Benficistas because you know, who hasn't had that dream? If you guys played soccer and took soccer serious or football serious, at some point you thought, "Man, I wish I could be a professional player and, and play for Benfica." Not all of us have that talent, obviously. But certainly, who hasn't dreamed about giving their all and leaving their all on the field for, for the club that you love? I think that's, that's a dream that a lot of us have. Uh, some, of, some of us are more realistic than, than others, obviously, but certainly. Uh, but for me, MVP, for sure. Um, I can't say enough about Joe Neves. I just hope that he continues to improve. He continues to stay humble. And he continues with that, that same personality trait that uh, we have seen in both him and... Tony Silva. Dave, stats on this game so we can move on. 
Yeah, uh, we briefly touched upon it uh, earlier in uh, the show here, but Rafa returning to uh, the score sheet first goal since March 7th, where he scored against Club Bruges. Uh, first league goal since October 29th against the Shavs, almost seven months uh, without him uh, scoring uh, in the league. Um, and there were a couple of other ones, but uh, more, more or less that Benfica is on pace to have one of their most uh, successful uh, years uh, here, but we won't get too ahead of ourselves. We'll keep it nice and simple here. Six points away from number 38. So three to go, and we need uh, six points here. Yeah, Ricardo Teixeira saying, I'm sorry, but Neres was the MVP for me. Neres playing, played very well on the final third. The deadly pass is the most important thing, and, and we were lacking a lot of that in this season. Yeah, no, look, I think that, yeah, I think that uh, between John Neves and, and Neres, you could pick one, and either one would be great with the MVP. Not that I don't think that Rafa couldn't have been the MVP, but certainly in terms of <clears throat> the way they played throughout the game, for me, they, des they deserve it more. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, anyway, turning our attention now to uh, Porto Munense. Benfica will travel down to uh, Algarve to play Porto Munense this Saturday. Dave, what's uh, Portimonens up to? Uh, I don't think they have anything else to play for. Uh, no, they're they're pretty much cemented into that um, that thirteenth position here. They've got thirty four points, uh, ten wins, four draws, seventeen defeats here. Um, third worst offense in the league this year, with only twenty four goals scored in their thirty one uh, games played. Historically, uh, 38 wins, 9 draws, 2 defeats in the previous 49 meetings. And since they uh, were promoted back to the 1st Division in 2017, uh, 8 wins, 2 draws, and uh, 2 defeats here. Yeah, Saturday at 6 p.m., there's already a, a very high uh, demand for tickets. At, uh, I'm sure they'll be playing at uh, Stadio do Algarve, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Tiago? Are they playing at uh, Stadio do Algarve? Yeah, no, yeah. they play in Portimão. They're playing yeah, Portimão? Port yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so, look, um, I think that if you guys follow the, the Tugão, uh, we all know the ties uh, between Porto and, and Portimense. Um, the shady deals, you know, uh, I mean, you're talking about Martinez. Was it Martinez? What, their former yeah. forward that played yep. for Portimense and had kick. a penalty? Yep. <laughs> he shanked it. Yep. Uh, look, th there's 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 things that obviously I don't think anybody can prove, but certainly there's a lot of things that we look at and that we say, man, that that's really fishy. Uh, Samuel Portugal did, was that did, one. Did you mention the Nakajima? Yeah, Nakajima, and I think that you know you know what the the the, uh, the weirdest thing about Nakajima is that Nakajima probably didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> And he just he just went about his business and he did his thing, uh, and he kind of never really became anything at at Porto. Um, same thing with that Samuel Portugal. At some point they were saying, "Oh, he's like the fourth best keeper in in Portugal," and I don't think he's ever played for Porto since he joined them. No. Uh, 
Uh, and he they bought him from like ten million or some shit like that. It was like weird, weird, weird shit. He looked like so a ten know- million keeper whenever he played against Benfica. So well, they that's, all do. That's Dave. where he got the money. They, they all do. They all do. Watch, watch, watch this. Watch this Saturday. This team is gonna like we were talking on uh, before before we started the pot. This team is gonna eat grass this week. They are gonna kill themselves or they're gonna kill Benfica trying because this team is 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 the Porto of the of the South. And they're yeah. they're gonna well, want to, and it's the the fun the funny thing is that their coach uh, against Porto uh, rested a bunch of players. Yeah. And he always his does. Excuse, yeah. His excuse was that um, oh this is not this is not our championship. We need to rest players for to play teams that are in our championship. And uh, <laughs> I've already uh, I've already read today, uh, Portimonense na máxima força. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. So go figure. Look, uh, definitely we got to watch out for who's going to be nominated in terms of a referee. And this is going to be a really, really tricky game. Uh, and this is a game that I think Benfica will have, will not only be playing Portimonense, but they'll also be playing the referee crew. So we need to play extra hard, score extra goals, just to make sure that this uh, this win doesn't escape us. They need to score to early. They need to score early and control the tempo of the game and and not, like I said, they, they have to do what they did against Braga. Go out there. Because, you know, if, if Benfica plays them olhos para olhos, there's no way that that team holds up. You know, it, no. it's just... But the thing is, it's like, again, maybe... I, I've noticed something since Benfica got a, a eliminated from the Champions League that the games have become less... So now the team seems like they're starting a studios. You'll be seeing the, uh, this weekend against Braga. Like the team starts like like they're showing like signs of of not having to play two games a week. You know what I mean? Being so fresher. Yeah, they're they're fresher. They're the, the only thing that still bugs me about Benfica is that last pass in the third. Like sometimes yeah. it's just shoot the ball and see what happens like you try to you try to make that one extra pass that always ends up costing you uh maybe a, a, a nice shot like we've seen Neres from outside the box just bomb him we've seen Grimaldo do the same thing like we just have to take those chances you, you're not going to score if you don't put the ball on net that's that's you know that's inevitable well you know what the funny thing is in Neres, he's not even playing in the position that he play that he plays the best which is on the right yeah, right, right when he cuts inside and has those those far post shots, those those bends to the far post. Uh, I mean, he can even he's even really good crossing with his right hand, with his right foot. But Schmidt continues to go with João Mario and put Nerj on the left. I I, I also is, think that has a lot to do with Ashna's playing at right back. Yeah, no, gives them extra that. security with with João Mario being a better. Uh, defender than Nerj because Nerj doesn't give you much in, in terms of defending. He's more of a, an attacking player. So with Arshnes not being an experienced right back, I think that Jules Mario gives you that that little bit of stability to to help Arshnes, you know, really yeah. cover no, that I, right wing. I, I, I understand that he was getting he was getting cooked by Bruma. Bruma yeah. was cooking yeah, but him look, all he, game. He, he did, but I who doesn't Bruma cook? Yeah. Yeah, I mean he he he's held his own. He's explosive, man. He's yeah. explosive, and then when you get a guy whose natural position is not the right back, yeah. you're obviously going to have your your task is going to be a little easier. But I thought for the for the most part, he kind of he, he held his own. He held his own. Uh, 
Um, Dave, what are, you, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking for this game? Shenanigan City? Oh, yeah. Uh, this this or... uh, this has uh, all the off-the-field antics written all over it. One, it, the trap game, like I uh, already mentioned, to Yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't know of... if it's a... I don't know if it's a trap game because I know that players are going to know of the connection. And look, I I know that we talk about the mala all the time. I don't know how much of it is, is true. And, and obviously the mala is a figure of speech, right? But with the connections that Porto has to Portimonense uh, and understanding that there's going to be maybe a, a prize to beat Benfica, uh, Benfica has to be aware of this. Benfica has to know that there's close ties, and regardless of whether Protimnes has anything to play for, I don't know if I would look at this as a trap game, Dave. But it, it has all the writings uh, to be right because we're we're already talking about all being champions at Sporting, but we can't even look that that far. We got to take care of business. No. Uh, we no. got to take care of business this weekend here, and it's not going to be an easy game. Um, like we've mentioned, this is going to be their their finals. If they can take points away from Benfica and help out their club uh, up north, that'll be a successful yeah. season for for them. So yeah. the team just needs to come out like they did against Braga. And no offense to this <clears throat> team here, they're nowhere close to a, a Braga, right? So uh, if they're able to sustain the pressure that we gave Braga for the first 30 minutes of that game, I would be very surprised and, uh, yeah. and shocked, but we got to bring our finishing boots uh, down south. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah. for sure. But, but Dave, one thing is that you're being pressed and your line's extremely compact and you're just playing on top of your 18 and you really don't have a lot of room to play behind the defense and another thing is that you're a little bit higher on the pitch and you're a little bit more spread out and you're allowing those pockets of space i think that portimonense is really going to be compact eliminate those pockets of space and really force benfica to to force those balls to play those risky pass to play those pass those low percentages passes that's what i think that portimonense is going to do but it's it's going to be extremely tricky. But I don't think that Benfica will will underestimate Portimonense. Yeah, what what do you uh, think, man? What, I what almost are your thoughts I, for this game? I almost feel like they're gonna they're gonna park the bus and just try to steal points from Benfica whatever way they can. Whether they try to hit on counter, yeah. probably with one or two guys, they're not going to commit much forward because it, unless Benfica goes up early, and that's that's the main thing, Benfica has to score early. Yeah. Because then they're gonna have they're gonna force them to to open up and play the game, but if Benfica can't get a, a goal within like the first 25, 30 minutes, this team is just gonna sit back and and probably commit one or two guys forward on the counter and and wait for Benfica to make a mistake. Because I mean they have nothing to lose, but they would love to play spoiler to Benfica's season. They would love to yeah. to steal even if they could steal two points from Benfica. That's already a big a big thing for yeah. them. So that's that's the one thing we gotta we gotta watch out with is is try to score early, try to make them open up their gameplay, not let them set back and and just park the bus on us because they'll be happy with with just playing for the tie. Yeah, Ricardo Teixeira said we need to score early, but please we need to take more outside of the box shots. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Their paycheck will be huge to defend with eleven players. Yeah, Carlos saying finishing has become a real concern. Ramos and Rafa. Not, uh, are batting poorly. 
Now, Paul Hazen says, Ramos needs to sit a g this game out. Start Musa. He's in a better form. Also, we like to see Mario sit. Neres play right wing. Gedge left wing. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't disagree with any of that, even though I think that Gedge uh, is still trying to get into game rhythm. Uh, I think that there was a play, if I could recall, uh, in this game that Gedge gets beaten for speed from a center back. And this is not not a race that he that he loses when he's in tip-top shape. So I don't know what condition Gonzalo Gedge is, but could it be an option? Yeah. But I do think that that maybe Ramos deserves a, a little bit of a of a of a rest. Uh, but I agree with uh, I agree with what Dave was uh, was saying before in terms of what Ramos offers to the team. Yeah, but I think uh, I think Musa. But then again, Musa fits better in this game. Musa yeah, will fit if, better in this game than, if, because Fortuna is going to be set up in their back. Yeah, you, you need, need Musa. You're going to need a, a, yeah. A I, I totally presence. agree with with Paul Hussein on that. I, I think I think they they need Musa in this game. They're not gonna they're not gonna be pressing the ball because you know Portimonense is not gonna come out swinging like Braga did or 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 play at, at the rate that Braga plays. So I think Musa makes all the sense in the world for this game. Yeah, no, I I think so too. Uh, especially like you said, you don't need to press because all these guys are gonna be trying to clear and they're gonna be trying to play long to get on a counter. So I don't know they're not gonna. Try to play out of the back, so I don't know if we need that guy uh, as the first line of of yeah, press no. in uh, in Hums. Yeah, Musa makes perfect um, sense, but I think that maybe Musa plays uh, comes in a lot sooner if he doesn't start, uh, because you're gonna need a presence. You get, if you're going to bombard the area with crosses, you're gonna need people that can get at him, and Musa is one of them. So. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos is, I don't think Gonzalo Ramos' aerial game is, is, is all that great. I think it's average at best, but I think that Musa is better. And if, if they're going to be blocked in, park the bus, we're going to need to cross balls. We can't, we're not going to be able to get past 10 guys in front of the box. Just not. It's unrealistic. And then the fact that we don't take shots from outside the box, you know, that's even, even more concerning. So I uh, look. I I, I expect a, a, a different challenge for Benfica in this Portimonense game. Uh, I think we're capable of winning it, but I think that we need to be very patient. We need to use our heads, and we need to be a lot more clinical in the final third. So, Dave, you want to you want to risk a prediction? Two nothing Benfica. I'm gonna say four nothing Benfica. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, okay, so I'll, I'll slot in between you guys. I'll say 3 nothing Benfica. Yeah. I think that, you know, I hope that Benfica scores early, and I think if Benfica scores early, it's... That's, oh, it's game that's over. Be, that's checkmate there at that point. Is all it, she wrote. Because Portimonense is going to come in with one way of playing the game and one way only. I mean, it, it's they come in with that. And, and, and another thing, too, is we're, we're going to see a lot of... Uh, that mata jogo, the the yeah. if Benfica anti, starts anti press anti jogo, they're gonna start you know throwing themselves to the ground. Uh, yeah. th that crap yeah. that happens in the Portuguese, we're gonna see a lot of that once Benfica starts really. If Benfica starts plays the first twenty minutes like they did uh, against Braga, you're gonna see a lot of anti jogo and really really early in the game. Yeah, and and I think that uh, the 
whatever referee gets called, if if he if he allows that, and if he's very surgical also in breaking up play, in calling the little fouls, and stopping the game for every little minute, because, that's ninety five percent of the referees yeah, in the Portuguese. All league. you're gonna do is you're gonna disrupt any momentum Benfica may get. Uh, Tino Timo saying Musa is uh, phenomenal with his back to the goal, something Hamus doesn't do. Now, yeah, I, 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 I don't think anybody could dispute that. Uh, Nick Nick Faladon says Benfica won't be looking past anyone the remainder of the season. You can see the body language of the players since the Porto match has been very nervous. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um. Look, I think it, you know, it's another must-win game, and I think that if we win this game, I think that it, it will be very, very hard for the title to escape us. Even if you go to the Alvalade and, and you drop the three there, you got Santa Clara, who's basically done for. Uh, they got a fork in them already. And at Stade de Luz, with the same type of atmosphere that you had against Braga, Understanding that this is the title game will be very hard. It'll be very hard to to stop this Benfica team. So we'll see. Good thing is we only need to depend on ourselves at this point. So yeah, at least, no, at least I, that. I mean it's great. We're in a great position. Could we be better? Yeah. Could we have already clinched it? Yeah, we could have already clinched it. You know, but you know, if it, how does it go? If it, if it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be for us, right? Yeah. But it, you know, we always put ourselves in this in this type of position. We can never win championships comfortably with three games to go. It would have been nice. We could have clinched the championship this past weekend if we had those ten points. Yep. Easily. Easily. But Timo saying, uh, what what does the chat thinking in terms of prediction? I'll I'll read some predictions. Uh, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Um, Timo saying Befica two, Portimonense one, scores in the ninety plus, and then Befica sits back and holds the result. <laughs> um, yeah, now I I think that uh, Befica has to score early. He has to score early, otherwise you know it it'll become harder and harder as the game goes on. But what's uh, what's the chat thinking in terms of uh, predictions? How many games? Uh, how, how many games Musa start? Uh, Diogo Rich asking. I don't think he started any games. I think maybe a cup game. Dave, I'll, can you check I'll out Musa? Take a real look quick? at that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he'll. Uh, I don't think he's going to start either. It, it it would make all the sense in the world to start him, but I don't think he's he's going to. Because at the end of the day, let's think about if if he decides now to start Musa over Ramos. Think what that does to Ramos psyche for the, the rest of the the two remaining games. You know what I mean? So, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's a very smart play. Like Alfredo said, I think maybe Musa comes on a little bit earlier if Benfica needs him, but I don't, I don't think he he starts. He started in five uh, games this season, three of them being uh, cup games. So only games, two yeah. uh, two leagues. Yeah, Carl Zamara says three but three zero by halftime stays that way for the rest of the game. Diogo Reis says two nothing. Yeah, I, th I think that people need to be confident, but I think that uh, you know stranger things have happened, especially when you excuse me when you have that connection with um, with Porto and the Tugão that we've seen. Uh, Ricardo Teixeira is with me if we score early four nothing. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. Early score. Timonese having to come out because they 
they have some some prize money that they need to get to and Benfica spanks them a few more few more few more goals hopefully it will be Gonzalo Ramos return to goals which means that maybe he's turned the corner I don't know uh, I feel for the kid uh, I think he's been I think he's been great all season I think he's been phenomenal all season and he's hit a hit a rough patch he's due for a good game yeah, and the the goal that he misses against Braga, fucking hell, man, that is that's a sitter, that's a sitter. Um, he puts those away, as I mentioned, but uh, you know, uh, Paul has instances he probably won't start because let's be honest, Roger is predictable. Yeah, yep. But I thought that he did a a good job uh, against Braga in his game plan. Yeah, and the way. Yes, I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. Against Braga, he wasn't predictable when he started uh, Jerome Nebs and Shikin in the midfield and left Dino out yeah. of the game. So yeah. maybe he's not as predictable as we think. Yeah. The, the only thing I would I would say on that is that I think that game was calling... I know we kind of rag on this guy too, but uh, Gilberto, at least somebody who knows how to... who's accustomed to playing that right back position because like we alluded something to, is off about that dave i don't know there's it, something going on with gilberto like how do you not yeah. play him like bruma have... bruma was turning arsenis inside out backwards yeah. forward See, gilberto, gilberto is a more physical body i don't think he yeah. would have done it like, yeah but something's I, not right but something. at the end of the, at, at the end of the day i think that uh you Arsenal's always gonna have better feet than Gilberto, so coming out of the back and and combining and going getting forward is. I get it to start to start the game, but when we're we're winning one nothing with ten minutes to go, and he still doesn't make that sub, even if you want to put leave Arsenal in the game and at least put Gilberto there more to be that defensive presence and know how to play that position yeah that's what i'm saying something something's not right something something must have happened there because gilberto was 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 the backup for ba and all of a sudden he's moving arsonist who's probably one of our better midfielders to right back so it's like i don't know something something doesn't add up yeah and i'm not calling i'm not saying that they should have started the the game but at least when you have the result already and you you just need to defend, and you see what Bruma's doing on that that side. I thought that it was yeah. a no doubter to uh, at least put uh, Gilberto into at least somewhat be physical on that on that side. Yeah, Gilberto Gilberto's another one. He goes out there. You know, he reminds me a lot of uh, Leo, uh, the left back we had, the Brazilian left back. He has that like that 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 garra. Like he leaves everything yeah. on the field. Like. Like you see this man sprinting to the point where he looks like he's about to pass out on the field by like the 70th minute, he's gassed from so much running. And and yeah, it's just to have a player like that, and then you put one of our better midfielders at right back, yeah, something, something doesn't add up. Yeah, um, it's Diogo Reis saying you guys think that uh Braga was snubbed the PK on Grimaldo Taco. I don't think so. Well, let's, num- let's number the one, the, bo- the, the number one, the ball needs to get there. Uh, obviously, it doesn't invalidate that if there's contact and from the looks of it, minimal contact, right? But the ball needs to get there. Uh, but on, if there, it's a foul. It's a foul, regardless if the ball is there or not. If a player gets tackled on the field away from the ball, the referee is going to call it. It's going to call it. And there's going to be a yellow card. For for me, there wasn't enough contact. Uh, for them to to even argue about that's that's my view on it. I mean, I've I've um, seen penalties called for less than that, but 
I mean, it, it yeah. is it is the Portuguese league. You never know. Even with VAR, like Roger Schmidt said, we should just do away with VAR because it's, it's true. Like it, it's yeah. Like it, it, what do what do what do they say? O criterio nunca é o mesmo, and that's the problem no. we have in this league. Is the criterio yeah. is never the same. It's it's lack of consistency. Yeah. Uh, Paul Hazin said, "I'm I'm too superstitious to predict the score, but uh, it will be a tough one for sure. I'm sure Espefiquistas will suffer before the final whistle." Oh yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> SLBES, I trust Gilberto. Something must be going on. Uh, Gilberto has been awful. He's been terrible. Roger lost trust in him. Says Carl Zamaru. I I agree yeah, with could that. Could be. Could be. Uh, the problem is that Gilberto can't defend. Yeah, he can run up and down, and you know he can chase guys. But in terms of defending, I don't think he's all there. Um, I think that the Gilberto case was a bit similar to Tino. Many mistakes in one game, only due to tiredness. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Yeah, Diogo Reis says don't compare Gil to Leo. Leo was a beast. He was a beast. But in terms of effort, in terms yes. of heart, yep. that's a similarity. In terms of player, no comparison. Yeah, no comparison. I that, the heart, the I thought heart that Leo was, Leo was great. Leo so, was one of our probably our best left backs that I can remember. Yeah. I was I was reading somebody on Twitter that they were saying they don't remember Benfica having ever having a, a left back as good as Gilberto and and the first guy that comes to mind is Leo. I thought that Leo was, I mean not Gilberto uh, Grimaldo. Grimaldo. I thought that Leo was excellent. The only thing that 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 Grimaldo brings are the free kicks and yeah. the shots. Because he can't defend either. <laughs> Grimaldo can't defend either so we're screwed on both uh, probably that's what it is if we put Gilberto on one side and and have Grimaldo on the other side we have two left backs uh uh two two uh uh backs uh that can't defend so I mean because let's be honest Grimaldo doesn't offer you much in terms of defending either he's good going up he, he's good uh you know shooting he's good playing on the wing but as far as defending também yeah. outro buraco yeah, but I mean, he's got he's gotten a lot better throughout the years, and and there was there was an article on or a piece on the ball about the uh, the the Dane Sheldrup and Tankstead um, that they just gone by the wayside or they've been eclipsed or whatever the title said. But look, I, I think a lot of people are forgetting that when Benfica got Grimaldo, and obviously we got Grimaldo young. Grimaldo didn't play, and this is already something that we mentioned in our podcast. Grimaldo didn't play until like the last two or three games of the season. He came in in the winter, didn't play until then, and it didn't really challenge for a start, a starting spot until the next season. And I mean, Sheldrup is is eighteen years old, right, Dave? Yeah. Um, and, so and I, 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 using this as uh, somewhat of an extended leeway for him to get accustomed to the team rather than just kind yeah of but look this is i think this is what well-organized clubs do they start preparing next season already during the season that's ongoing you look at your depth chart you look at guys that could possibly be leaving and you make a plan you put somebody in place this guy, even though we got him in a, in the winter it doesn't mean that it's gonna he's gonna come in and, and walk into the starting lineup but he's he's no, these, a, a these kids player that we believe in for the future. Yeah, these kids were projects. They weren't signed. See, that's that you know, you know what caused that whole confusion is when Benfica can Benfica foi al mercado. You you gotta think about it. We were we were waiting for 
now players to add to depth to this yeah. to this roster. We so when we signed these two guys, a lot of people misunderstood the two signings as wow, these guys are gonna come in now, but they weren't. They were ne- that that was never the plan yeah. for them. Yeah, no, the the plan was that they were gonna be projects. They came if Benfica needed them to start right away, they don't go and get players from Scandinavian leagues yep. that are basically stopped for the winter. Yep. That these players have to go through four, five, six weeks of preseason training just to get them up to speed in terms of conditioning, let alone game rhythm. Uh, you know, somebody was saying here, uh, Diogo Reis Cicada, SLB, uh, EES, he chased them. I, Cicada was alone. Yeah, he was he a was, lone player. He never, he never uh, belonged to Benfica. He was always an athletic player. So at the end of the season, his loan came to an end and he left. Uh, but yeah, he was another guy that was, he was really good and he could defend too. Yeah, uh, nice. so anyway, let's get out of here. Uh, Dave, always a pleasure. Tiago, thanks for, for coming in, man. Anytime, and uh, filling in. Anytime. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you to, to all the Freddies uh, that have uh, been uh, been keeping us company. Uh, Benfica volleyball team uh, clinched the championship. Uh, Benfica uh, ladies uh, football team. Uh, tri campeones or tri campeones? Tri campeones, I think it is. Campeones. You got you got me there. <laughs> three three in a row. Uh, and I know that the Apollo Aquatic, uh, water polo, uh, also a title. There was a there was a, a few titles. Uh, Befica futsal was in the final four. They didn't make it to the final, but they did uh, grab third place. Uh, Sporting came in second, and the team that beat Befica won it. Apparently, with some more controversy. Uh, but anyway. Uh, that's all we got. Next week we'll be back. We'll recap this Portimonis game and we'll look ahead to the big derby at the Alvalade. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Later. <laughs>